We are um, talking about Love, Power and a Sound Mind, part two. I hope you can all see the screen because there's going to be some great slides this morning. Um, I want to just recap on this. And part of this is about sensing that God has more for us and that he's calling us into um, more of him, more of his power, more of his love. Um, and that through that and through how that affects us, we have a greater impact on the lives of those around us, on our communities, that we see kingdom come um, and we see God meeting with people. Um, and I felt very much that God put those, as we were thinking about that, God put the idea of um, love, power and a sound mind as three legs on a stool. That one leg was love, one was power, one was a sound mind. And we need all three. And God is looking to strengthen all three so that when the wind comes, we're not going to topple over. We are going to be secure and firm um, and that's what he wants for us. He wants us to be people who um, will stand through the storms and we will keep pressing into Jesus and keep seeing change um, through what's, what's going on. Um, and the other thing that I felt as well was, was just this phrase, everyone, every day, everywhere. And that was to provoke us to say that God isn't just looking to use us and flow through us on a Sunday morning. It's every day, everywhere, and everyone. That seven days a week, 24 hours a day, he wants us to be available and open to what he wants to do in us and through us. And through that way, we're going to see change, not just in us and our families, but in our communities. And so I was thinking about this morning, I was thinking, how can I... Um, how can I um, establish this a little bit more? So what I thought I would do is give you an example of a person who I feel, if you look at their life, embodies love, power and a sound mind. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about someone that some of you will know called Jackie Pullinger. Um, Jackie Pullinger was, uh, I think, about 22. She was an oboe student who loved Jesus and her desire was to go somewhere where she could love other people and tell them about Jesus. And no missionary organisation was interested. So she got up, she got on a cruise liner, she bought a ticket for a cruise liner and said, God, I'm going to get off where you tell me to get off and that's where I'm going to start doing some stuff. And she ended up in uh, Hong Kong and that's where she got off. Um, and she came across a place that doesn't exist anymore, but it's called the Walled City. Some of you will have heard of this. It's, um, there's a picture there, and it, it's a place that grew, literally, over decades, and it was a very lawless place. The police wouldn't go there, um, and uh, it was effectively run by triads. There was a lot of um, brothels there. There was a lot of opium dens. Um, there was a lot of fake goods being made. It was a very, very dark place. Um, there's a picture here of um, what the alleyways used to look like. There used to be sewage just running down the streets. Um, absolutely horrendous place. Apparently when you went there, the smell would hit you and it would be huge. And she focused on this place 
because she saw it as a dark place. Um, so she started to learn a bit of uh, Chinese, and um, she was a teacher by... Uh, so she, she started to do some teaching to support herself, and she learned how to say, Jesus loves you in Chinese. And she went up to somebody and said, Jesus loves you. Now, I know how to say this in Chinese. It's Jesu... Um, oh, I've forgotten it now. <laughs> Jesu Aini. Jesu Aini, that's it. Um, so she'd go up to someone and she'd say this phrase, Jesus loves you, and he'd kind of look at her and say, well, <laughs> that's nice. What has, got, what has it got to do with me? And what she realised was that uh, telling people that Jesus loves them makes no sense if they have never really known or seen a healthy expression of what love is. So she felt, okay, what that means is I need to be Jesus to people. Um, While she was there, she had um, quite a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that started to happen was that she started to speak in tongues. And so she was quite intentional about speaking in tongues. So she decided she was going to pray for 15 minutes every day in tongues. So every day, 15 minutes, she would pray in tongues. Within the walled city, she was able to get some space and she decided that what she would do is she would run a youth group um, to give the young people growing up an alternative to being influenced by the triads and all the stuff that was going on in the walled city. And with her own money, she would buy stuff for, for the youth group. And one day she was uh, very dejected because she got to this room and everything had been trashed. Absolutely everything had been trashed. And when she was talking to the kids about why this had happened, they said, well, you're supported by wealthy churches, we've got nothing, why shouldn't we trash everything? And it was, I'm not supported by anybody. Um, but what happened is, because she'd been there for some time and she'd been going to the walled city uh, for years now, the leaders of the triads had been watching her to see whether she was one of these missionaries who would turn up, make a lot of noise and then go. And they'd realised, no, this is someone who really loves our children. And because the Chinese value education so much, because she's been trying to educate them, They had real value for her and what she was trying to accomplish. So what they did is they sent somebody to oversee the youth group and basically be her minder. And she tried to say to him, I'm not interested, Jesus is looking after me. And the guy said, it doesn't matter, I'm here because my boss is here. If anybody messes with you, we'll sort them out. Um, She got interacting with this guy and she found out he was addicted to opium. And through a series of events and witnessing to him and talking to him about Jesus, he was delivered of his opium addiction and became a Christian. The triad boss sent someone else to be the minder. He got saved and delivered from his drug addiction, became a believer. And this kept happening again and again and again. And um, so I'm going to very conscious of time, so I'll rush forward a little bit. Today... um, that work has grown into something called the St. Stephen's Society in Hong Kong. Um, they do lots and lots of things. Um, they feed people. They go out on the streets to minister to the homeless. They have programmes for addicts. What's absolutely amazing about this is they see people come off sometimes decades of heroin or opium addiction without any withdrawal symptoms. 
And what happens is they have someone who's, who's with them, praying for them, and they sleep through withdrawal. Unheard of. They sleep through it um, because someone is praying with them, constantly praying with them. Um, for me, I think about the three legs of the stool. You know, I think of love and I think of how they feed people. They care for their needs. They help addicts get through withdrawal. They put them through a program where they address the issues that caused addiction to drugs to be their option. What's the roots underneath? What was going on in their life that caused them to turn to drugs? They do things like get them to um, go through a restitution. So if they're stolen from people, they go and apologise. They find a way to pay back what they've stolen from people. That then affects those communities. It, It mends families and marriages. It's power as well. Um... If you don't know, coming off heroin, and I'm not speaking from experience, but from what I know, coming off heroin is incredibly painful. Incredibly painful. Um, So for someone to sleep through it, that has to be God. The goodness of God. Um, And what I love, if you ever hear Jackie Pullinger speak, um, she is very Bible-focused very much a sound mind the bible is their source of authority they feed on it to know what god's view is as his is the view that matters above all others they're not swayed by um, what culture is telling them they should be into no we we love jesus and so it's his voice we want to hear um now some of you may not know this but i've actually um been out to hong kong um, and seen some of this firsthand. Um, so this is um, a, a little map for you. Um, Dave's brother Matt spent a year in China in a place called Guangzhou, which if you can see Hong Kong on the map, it's just up a bit, so it's just over the border. And um, I thought it would be a laugh to go out and spend Christmas with him. And so I went out to China, and while we were there, we said, why don't we go and spend a few days in Hong Kong? Because it's just over the, the border. So, um, so we did. This is us in, our, in the plane on the way to Hong Kong. Just to prove we were there, there's a picture of whatever that is. Um, for, <laughs> for Transformers fans, you may recognise it as being thrown about by some Transformers in one of the movies. Um, and what we thought was, let's, let's pitch up at St Stephen's Society and try and blag our way in, see if we can spend some time there. So why don't we turn up and say, is there anything we can help you with? And maybe we can kind of plug into some stuff. So we did. Um, That's a picture of Matt standing outside, the Hang Fook camp, which means camp of blessing. And they said, yeah, that'd be great. We've got this shipping container. Would you be all right to paint it? So... um, yeah, great. So we've got some paint, and that's me. Um, and we're starting to uh, paint this sh- shipping container. So uh, this is what it looked like by the end of the day. You can see that. Um, I know, I know. It was my first time. I know it's not that great. Um, but while we were there, we plugged into some stuff. Uh, we went to one of their evening meetings at the place and, and were fed. 
And what they said was, would you like to come to one of our addict meetings? So what happens at this meeting is we have this room uh, and people come in, they get saved uh, and what we'd like you to do is come along and just pray for them. Now there's an interesting story about this. Um, Alan Wicker, if you remember Alan Wicker, um, he went to Hong Kong as part of his travels and spent some time with Jackie Pullinger. And Jackie Pullinger was probably a bit cheeky with him because he said, why do, why do people um, come to Jesus? And she said, well, it's simple, because Jesus makes you fat. And it kind of, what? And he said, so this is what happens. You've got an addict who, because of their addiction, they don't eat, they don't really sleep. Um, all they're focused on is the drug. And so they become skin and bones. And what often happens is one of these addicts will see someone they used to shoot up with, but they're not skin and bones. They've put on weight, they look healthy, and they say, what happened to you? And the guy will say, oh, it was Jesus. And the usual response is, well, I'll have him then. How do I get Jesus? Right, well, you go to this meeting and you can have Jesus. So this was the meeting they have every week and so it was a small room and we were told to sit over there, just pray and, you know, pray for for God to move. And while we're there, one by one, people come in, they go over, they talk to some people, they start praying for them, they get filled with the Spirit and say, what's going on? Oh, he's just given his life to Jesus. No real evangelism. Apparently what happens is they come in and they go, I'd like Jesus. So they go, right, okay, sit down. They pray with them. I say, okay, so Jesus, right, you're now going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for that. You're going to start speaking in tongues. That happens. Amazing. They then go on a waiting um, list and uh, they then go into one of the homes they've got and they go through this withdrawal process. They do that within a community environment. Um, then afterwards they look to find work for them and they, they go through all this stuff. So that was one of the things that we, um, we did. The other thing that we did, which um, was really quite moving, was um, we met at the camp and we loaded up all these polystyrene boxes with, with um, chicken and rice. So we had all these boxes in these bags and we went out And we found people sleeping on the streets and we would give out food. Um, Now, I don't speak Chinese, so I had to have someone tell me later about a conversation. But saw this guy, he was trousers on, no socks, no shoes, had a blanket, um, nothing on top, looked very dishevelled. And afterwards, when someone explained how the conversation went, I could just imagine it. Guy goes over and gives him some food. So we've got some rice and chicken for you. And the response is, why? why? It's because you're loved, because Jesus loves you and you are valuable. And the response was, who is Jesus? And um, I know with the light you can't see it that great, but what's fascinating is there's people walking past all the time going about their business And at the same time, there are people encountering the love of a father as life is happening all around them. Um, 
Now, I'm very conscious that if we talk about people like Jackie Pullinger, some of us are really encouraged and stirred, um, but others might be quite intimidated and think, you know, nothing amazing like that is ever going to happen with me. Um, you know, walking with the Holy Spirit and seeing him move powerfully through us uh, seems so out of reach. However, I think that often if we look at people like Jackie Pullinger or others, we see where they are now, but we don't see the process that they've gone through that has led them to where they are now. Um, and through that, we miss some of the principles, some of God's principles of how we grow from something small to something quite powerful. And I think that he's inviting us to experience more of him and for us to carry his presence in such a way that we will see the kind of impact that will change a city. So I want to um, uh, just focus on a scripture for now. Um, so this is Matthew 25, just to illustrate this. So again, it would be like a man going on a journey. Now the context of this is Jesus talking about the kingdom what the kingdom of God is like. So it would be like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold bought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. And rather than go into it, I just put it, it didn't go so well for him. Um, and this is, this is what I... I want to draw out here is the principle is faithful stewardship leads to increase even something that starts small with faithful stewardship will result in increase even if you think you have very little trust his leading and if you steward it faithful faithfully it will grow so let me illustrate this with a, with a Bible um, character. So here's the passage about David going to um, Saul and saying, I'll sort Goliath out for you because I've dealt with a bear, I've dealt with a lion, you know. Um, you know, I've, I've given them a good spanking and, and sorted them out so I can do it with Goliath. Now here's the interesting thought for me is... David didn't turn up there um, completely unaware of how to have a tussle. 
it must have started somewhere. So maybe as a child, he was always that annoying brother who loved to wrestle with his brothers. He was always rugby tackling them. And maybe he found out he had really good hand-eye coordination with a sling or a stone. And his mum got fed up because he kept breaking the plates by sending a stone whizzing through the window. So she'd go and do that somewhere else. So he'd go off and then he'd see a squirrel. And he'd go, oh, God, a squirrel. God, a squirrel. And then he'd come back one day and he'd have a, a dead goat in his hands and say, Mum, we've got to have goat tonight because I was wrestling with this goat and I, I seem to have killed it. So we better eat the goat tonight. And, you know, and then maybe a wolf or something came along and, it, and he took it on. It didn't start with the lion and it didn't start with the bear. David had an ability, but he stewarded it. He grew in it like a muscle. He used it and as he did it grew. His experience with the lion and the bear was not just protecting the flock. It was actually training for what was to come. The same is true for you and I. If I think about some of the prophetic people that that I know who move powerfully in prophecy, it didn't start with them operating at that level. It might have started really small with a little impression and very nervously they've gone up to someone and said, I don't know if this makes sense, but does this resonate at all? They stewarded it. And as they gave out, God poured more in and expanded that capacity. And they kept doing it. They kept doing it. They kept doing it. And it grew and it grew and it grew. Mighty warriors of God did not start as mighty warriors. They were each faithful in stewarding what God had given them. And as they did, it grew. And the same is true for us. Here's a thought for you. What if rather than God turn our city upside down by sovereignly turning up and us watching it happen, instead, he wants us to faithfully steward what he's given each of us until it grows in each of us to such an extent that our city cannot help but be changed. The biblical model for problems is that God sends a person. He raises someone up. That's what happened with Moses. It wasn't just God turning up and everybody watching it happen. God is such a relational uh, being that he wants us to partner with him And he wants us to have a growing capacity to be able to carry the more that he wants to pour out. And that means that our spiritual muscles have to be used. And as they grow, we can carry more. Maybe you're thinking about your life and you've got a a 200 pound rock that you're trying to roll uphill. And you can't do it because you can only do push 20 pounds. But as you steward what you're doing, you then can manage 25, 30. And there will come a day when that 200 pound rock is going to move. And maybe there are these log jams in your life. 
And actually what's happening as you keep going at it, as you don't give up, as you're intentional, as you keep praying and believing in the goodness of God and pressing in, your spiritual muscles are growing and your capacity of what God is going to flow through you starts to increase and increase and increase and increase. That's his heart for each one of us. That's why we should never despise the day of small beginnings. You know, we all want we all want more of God's power in us. As we pray, like this morning, as we pray for people, we want to see more people healed. Um, we want to see our city changed because there are people walking about the city who carry the presence and the goodness of God, who represent him well. And what that does is people go, Jesus has made you fat. I want to be like you because I'm skin and bones. Um, William Booth said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. And I love that kind of intentionality that says, I'm not going to sit back and wait for it to happen. You might sometimes hear people say, well, God knows where I live if he wants to turn up. I think what he's saying is, come take my hand. Let's go on a journey. And if what he's called you to is something you just go, there is absolutely no way I can do that. Well, duh. Because what he's got for you is not meant to be doable on your own. You know, we're designed to uh, walk in relationship with him, pushing in, believing him uh, for all that he's got for us. And daring to believe that what we've seen is not all there is. There's more. There's more. There's more. Um, so this is, this is partly what I'm talking about when I talk about love, power and sound mind. Everyone, every day, everywhere. So I've got some homework for everybody um, for this week because what I want to do is to show each of you that what I'm saying God will honour as you step out he will add he will stretch he will increase because that's his heart for you so what I would like each of you to do and I include myself is this week is to slow down a little bit as you go about your life. And be conscious and listen for the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And um, when you're interacting with people, um, be intentional about encouraging them. If you're in the, the queue at the supermarket and it's a bit mad, listen to what the Holy Spirit might want to say. And even if you don't hear something specific, step out and be encouraging. Say, hey, it's mad in here, but you're doing a great job. Really appreciate what you're doing. You know, we live in a society that loves to criticise, loves to bring down, loves to just fill everything with negativity. So let's do the reverse. Thank you so much for what you're doing. I so appreciate you. 
And if God happens to give you an opening where, you know, maybe he speaks to you and, and uh, gives you something for that person, share it. If there's someone who looks like they're struggling, offer to pray. Let God fill that opening with something amazing. Because I think as we are intentional about these things, and as we say, God, I so want to steward what you've given me well. I want to see more. I want to be someone that the more that you pour out doesn't crush me, but my muscles have been strengthened so I can carry more of what you're wanting to do. Um, right, homework assignment. Okay, so there'll be a test next Sunday. So, um, so here's the thing: God wants to use you, but He wants. I love this quote, um, which was: "All fruitfulness is a result of intimacy." This starts with, it relies on, and it ends with walking with Jesus. Loving Jesus, walking with Jesus, loving Jesus. Um, can we all stand? I am, um, <clears throat> and I have been for years, really impressed with. Jackie Pullinger and what I've been impressed with is how she has taken the little that she's got and believed God and gone to a place to love God and to love people and what he's done in her and through her is amazing and I believe that um, that can be replicated here Not that what you're called to do is the same, but that with what God has called for you, you can move in the same level of love for him and for others, the same level of power and sound mind um, in whatever he's called you to do so that he is... Glorified, He is honoured. People are drawn to Jesus, not necessarily by the persuasiveness of what we say, but because we reflect Jesus. And there is something so different, and it stirs something in them, and they say, I want what you've got. That's what we want for our town, isn't it? That's what we want for our families and our communities and the places where we work. So I'm, I'm going to pray, and if, if um, I just ask you to say amen, if this reflects your heart. Jesus, I thank you that you are so good. Yes, you, are. you are so good, and you invite us into more. And so our heart is, God, do it. Lead me. Lead me. Help me to recognize the opportunities that you put before me to steward well what you've given me, to be a conduit of your love and your goodness and your grace and at times your voice. And as that happens, will you do more, God?
as it flows out, will you keep pouring in? Keep pouring in. Keep pouring in. Lord, we want to see our city changed. We want to see people coming to know you. We want to see people being delivered of the things that they're addicted to. We want to see them becoming addicted to Jesus. We want to see marriages restored and families healed. We want to see businesses in this town flourish. We want to see purpose coming. We want to see an end to suicide in this, in this town because people are finding meaning and life and purpose, God, because you are being lifted up. God, I, we're available and so we pray. Come and do it in us. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen.